0: Now, let me ask you, they've come out and said that the brother's going to represent him in your divorce? They just dropped their divorce lawyer,
1: probably because they can't pay him. And imagining, you know, he's probably expensive. But also, too, like, I can't get a divorce right now. Like, I'm legally separated. So my life has moved on and everything is separate. But I can't get a divorce right now. There's so much legal s*** going on. It's ironic, but if I was divorced from Tom, I'd have to pay him alimony.
0: I'll stay married, thanks. Well, it's always something, it seems.
1: Yeah, it's a weird time, and I'm really ready for it to be over. Yeah, it's a weird time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. A lot of legal information being revealed in that conversation between Lisa Rinna and Bimboozle Chain. And not only that, but we also got a Jamie Lee Curtis appearance this week from the Halloween franchise. She co-stars with Kyle Splits Richards in the Halloween movies, and the new Halloween movie is coming. And they revealed the trailer this week, so I don't know if you saw this, but of course the week that Jamie Lee Curtis is on Beverly Hills Housewives is the week they reveal. The trailer for the last in the Halloween franchise, which is going to be out later this year in October, and we know that NBC Universal likes to do the whole promo. Remember that one scene last season in Beverly Hills where Michael Myers showed up at her house or something? It was like a commercial. And then, of course, they talked about it on The Reunion. Wasn't there like a Michael Myers conversation or something? And that one premiered on Peacock. So it's all – got to be careful. You don't know what's part of the show and what's promo. I think the Jamie Lee Curtis stuff was a promo. I think they were setting us up for the trailer because she appeared and then she just sort of promoted her charity and then left. And then she got the trailer premiered this week online. If you're on Twitter, you saw the Halloween trailer. So I don't know what's true and what's a lie. But what I do know is that I have a clip, an exclusive clip here on Everything Iconic from the new Halloween movie. I'm so excited to share this with you guys because I I do love the Halloween movies. And I think Kyle was the best part of the last one. And so they revealed the trailer. And now for the first time ever, you're going to get to hear – a little clip from the last Halloween movie. I'm sorry. I, I'm so excited to play this for you all. Uh, it's no spoilers for the next movie. Maybe a little spoiler, a little spoiler, but you know, you'll enjoy it. So just, uh, please enjoy this little clip of, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as played by Lori Strode in the final iteration of the Halloween movies. Uh, please enjoy. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. And that's why life is
0: so precious to me, because we're all going to die. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but you experience joy every day you can. If I died right now, you guys, I want you all to know, you tell everybody that she died sad.
1: (laughs) That's not really Laurie Strode. That was not Laurie Strode talking to Michael Myers. That was our dear Vicki Gumvelson on The Real House of by Girl Strip, now airing on Peacock. Ah, oh, I love that show. I love that show, Ultimate Girls Trip if you're not watching. I'm recapping. This is the last week. We're going to be recapping that too because I think it's the last week of the show. I'm devastated. Devastated. Uh we have lots to talk about on Real Houses of Beverly Hills because I I got to get into that Jamie Lee Curtis stuff. Also, room 23's Diana Jenkins lip licking is rubbing off on me in real life, which is a problem. Is this happening to anyone else? I'm walking around, you know, I was we're picking apart the fact that she's licking her lips in every scene and I was like Doing an impression, I think last week or two weeks ago on the podcast, and now I find myself throughout the day just licking my lips like that. I lick in my lips every fucking second, like Diana Jenkins from Room Twenty Three. It's not okay. It's not okay, and I don't know. I don't know how or why I, I'm doing it, but I need to stop. And I can see now how Diana Jenkins just snowballed, and now she does it all the time because it's almost like it becomes a tick or something. Uh, so I need to stop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be working on that this week. Uh, what else? Before we get into the episode, I do have to mention Lisa Rinna. She's pissed. She's pissed at production, which I don't think you should get pissed at production. I mean, here on Everything Iconic, sometimes, you know, we will pick apart some things that production does. We'll pick apart the editing. And I'm not always proud of it, but we're doing it for the sake of the show. We want the show to be the best it can be. And when it comes down to it, the production is like my family, family. In the words of Caroline Manzich, they're like my family. So although I can criticize my family, I don't want anyone else to criticize my family. So when I saw Lisa Renna post about production, I got pissed. Again, even though on this podcast, I will criticize production. I don't want anyone else doing it, though, because I am very protective of my family. So here's what Lisa Rena posted on her Instagram story. She posted a, a meme or something of uh, Lisa Rena and Lois from what looks like 1998. Unclear what year it was, but it was a meme that said, "I'm shocked we spent three episodes about the word dark, but only a few scenes shown on real human grief." And grief is spelled G R E I F. And this is uh, a meme that was posted that Lisa Rena reposted. And Lisa Rena wrote in her repost, she wrote, "I got one episode of grace." that's it. She spelled Grace. She capitalized the G in Grace as if it's like Grace Adler from Will and Grace. So I'm not sure why she capitalized the G. I mean, you only do that if it's name. You know, she's talking about Will and Grace. I got one episode of Grace. I quite frankly wish Deborah Messing would appear on The Real Housewives. I would love it. Deborah Messing is very messy in real life. I don't even follow her on Twitter. She's messy as fuck. So we need to get her in there. Her and Susan Saranda, we need to get them in the Beverly Hills Housewives universe. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is, she also wrote... Lois deserves Deserved and Deserved... Wait, I can't read this. I thought I saved this, but it said Lois Deserved and Deserves Much More. Something like that. Oh, my phone is being weird. I thought I saved this picture. Anyway, she's complaining about how Lois only got a little bit of an episode about... And here's the thing, like, I mean, I, again, I can't stress this enough. I can't stress this enough that everyone deals with grief is in their own timeline. And it's weird and it's messy. And I understand. And some of this I think is her lashing out, uh, due to the grief, the process, unprocess of grief that, uh, Rena is dealing with. I understand why she's taking this out on social media and she's saying and doing some crazy things on social media because that's what happens when we grieve. It's not pretty perfect in a bow, but. I don't think blaming production – it doesn't really make sense for them to have, like, three episodes about Lois's passing, and I loved watching Lois, but I'm not sure that she uh, – I mean, even if you think about The Real Houses when people pass, you think about on Roni when Bobby passed, Jill Zarin's Bobby. I mean, Bobby was a large part of the early episodes of the show, and that was, what, a few scenes of an episode? I mean, that wasn't even – I don't even think one full episode of uh, Real Housewives in New York – and then even other people who've passed, you know, we don't normally spend a lot of time because that's not what these shows are, particularly for like the side characters. And again, I'm so sad and I, my heart goes out to the, the whole family over there, but I just think it was a weird thing to complain about. And again, I think it was just her, yeah, she's saying some of these things on social media because she's processing herself. She's processing herself. By the way, I got to remind everyone, no tagging. Okay. No tagging the housewives. And me in the same tweet or Facebook or Instagram. I don't know why I should have to say that anymore. But what we say here on the podcast, we're trying to have a good old time. We're trying to have a gay old time. So don't go online and tag. I mean, unless it's a really nice thing, then that you're fine to tag. Like Use your better judgment. But it's happening quite a bit lately where I'm seeing it's like people are tagging things that I say that aren't maybe the most flattering things. And uh we're trying, this is a safe space for the podcast, so no tagging online. Just use your better judgment. Unless it's a really nice thing, you can tag. But don't tag and be like, Danny said this about you to a housewife. It's like, come on, guys, what are you doing? By the way, I don't think these housewives want to know what I say on my podcast about them. Just like I don't want to know what somebody says about me behind my back. Let everyone talk behind each other's backs like God intended. Okay. I don't want to know if somebody somewhere on a podcast says some bad thing about me. So don't send it to me. Don't let me know. I don't want to know. And I'm sure these housewives don't want to know either. Baby, keep into yourself. I don't want to know. Don't do that. No tagging. By the way, I think part of it with Renna is she's also worried about her job a little bit because I imagine that she filmed the whole season thinking her storyline was going to be the passing of her mother and that they would show a lot of it. And instead she's getting cut out of a lot of these episodes, which is a product of having so many cast members on this show is that they can't service everyone's storyline. And so we're not really getting much of Rena. And I'm sure if you're watching the show and she's watching it herself, she's probably thinking like, oh, fuck, like, am I not going to be around next season? Because they're basically editing me out of all these episodes instead of showing any of my personal stuff. And so if the audience isn't missing someone, they're probably not going to invite him back. Do you get what I mean?
0: It's the greatest bamboozlement I've ever
1: accomplished. Now, we open this week on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills with Dorit on FaceTime with Lisa Renna who was lasering her beard. Uh, Lisa, Erica, and Garcelle all got COVID. They all got COVID at once. There's a lot of COVID happening in this episode. It was like every scene somebody knew had COVID. It was like, oh, Dorit's out with COVID. Now Garcelle's out with COVID. Then Bambooza Jane's got COVID. rena has got COVID. And I felt for them because it was spreading around Beverly Hills like like COVID, quite frankly. And so I was upset that not all the gals were going to get to see Jamie Lee Curtis. But at least it was it was nice to know, you know, everyone gets COVID differently. It was nice to know the gals were still able to FaceTime in a little bit, or, you know, while they were lasering their beards off or their chin hair, they were able to FaceTime in. You know, that was a nice thing. I got to see them at least a little bit. But they were missing Kyle's luncheon, which was Jamie Lee Curtis. She shows up. Jamie Lee Curtis, our, our dear final girl. <music> Showed up and just started kissing Kyle the Splits Richards all over the head. Do you see it? She was like nuzzling her face right into Kyle Richards' head. <laughs> it was a lot of kissing on the headwork. And I liked it. It was like almost a very motherly, maternal. She has this maternal instinct towards Kyle the splits. But she just kept nuzzling Jamie Lee Curtis's face. I don't know if anyone's ever listened to Jamie Lee Curtis's podcast. She's got a podcast, I think it's called Best Friends. And she'll have on like uh, two celebrities who are friends and it's very, I, I love it. I love it, you guys. It's like very overly dramatic and she does this baby voice a lot, which I'm like obsessed with. Uh, but we love Jamie Lee Curtis is of course a legend and seeing her just nuzzle Kai Richards. Now we've seen her on this show before, but I've never seen her nuzzle that way. It was like she was sniffing her, sniffing her hair or something. Just kept kissing the head. And uh, I five minutes, and she just kept saying, I could give a shit about your gray hair. She said, all I care about is your heart. She kept saying to Kyle, all I care about is your heart. And I think Kyle does – this is not going to be a popular thing, because I know, especially this season, Kyle the Splits Richards is not very popular. She's actually been a bit of a monster this season. However, I do think deep down – Although she has all the craziness of whatever a child actor becomes, you know, I think like child actors are raised in a certain way and they'll never be, they're always going to have things, right? We're all going to have things, but they're going to have like some things, you know what I mean? And so I think she's got her things, but ultimately I do think her heart, if you were to go deep down her, I think her heart, she has a good heart. Again, a lot of stuff from the child actors and Big Half and a lot of stuff from her family history that I think contributes to a lot of her actions, which are not always good. But I do think, and maybe I'm just bamboozled by Jamie Lee Curtis because I'm like, well, if Jamie Lee Curtis says you got a good heart, then I'm saying you got a good heart too. So, uh, you know, she was kissing the head. I was also very attracted to Kyle's Polo Ralph Lauren Teddy sweater because I recently bought one of these. The, she was wearing the Polo Ralph Lauren Teddy Bear sweater. And I bought one of these. It was very expensive. And I bought like an old model (laughs) last holiday season. I bought an old model. Or two years ago, I bought an old model. And I love that sweater. It's like very, it's very Polo Ralph Florin. Very, I like it. I like it. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, though, she founded My Hand in Yours. And Jamie reveals, this is very interesting. She says, whenever she arrives somewhere, she sits wherever it's well lit. And that's why Jamie Lee Curtis is a star, because wherever she goes, it doesn't matter if it's a dinner party, it doesn't matter if she's at someone's house or if they got table place cards out, she will sit wherever the lighting is best. That's a lesson to us all. And I'm going to be taking that with me going forward. No matter where I'm at, I'm just going to be getting under good lighting. And I do think that's Mariah Carey's secret, too. We know Mariah Carey will literally send a lighting team into wherever she's about to be so that they can readjust the lighting for her. And that's a star. That's what I want from my celebrities. And I'm worried, I'm concerned with social media now. We get too much access to a lot of these celebrities. So we see them doing TikTok dances. We see what they're eating at lunch. And, and now with Dumois, we see people sneaking photos of them and all that kind of stuff. And I get worried that we're seeing too much of these people. And I want my celebrities a little bit detached from reality. So I want them having lighting teams. I want them sitting underneath good lighting and disregarding everything else. And so I'm hopeful that we can get back to that. And I, I know now with superhero movies, we don't have stars like we used to, right? Like we, the stars are the franchises. The stars are the characters, right? So Thor is a star, but is Chris Hemsworth a star? I mean, to me, Chris Hemsworth is a star, but I think there's still a large portion of the population who would know who Thor is. But if you're like, Hey, who's Chris? Do you like Chris Hemsworth? They'd be like, who? You know, meanwhile, you show them a picture of Chris Hemsworth without his blouse on. And people are going to say, what? And they're going to be excited about it. But they're not going to necessarily know who Chris Hemsworth is. Do you get what I'm saying? And so we need to have this star-making system. And I think the path forward for a star-making system is to have celebrities who are just a little detached from reality. Or very much detached from reality. And I hope Kyle takes that going with her forward. I'm going to be watching where Kyle sits every episode now. I'm going to say, is Kyle underneath the good lighting? Or is she underneath the bad lighting? Uh, And as soon as the other gals show up, so we have Diana shows up, Room 23's Diana Jenkins shows up and completely ruins the mood. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't like her. I don't like her at all. And when I see her, there's it feels like when you see her, it just is like this. Like that's what plays through my head as soon as Diana Jenkins shows up. And Sharice shows up. Sharice's great and fun. She demands a hug from Jamie Lee Curtis, which I like. And she comes in with like this fun energy. And that's what I need from a housewife Like I need a little bit Even as much as uh, Bamboozle Jane and Rinna annoy me Every time they're in a scene They're like, hey bitch, ah, hey bitch, bitch, hey As much as that annoys the shit out of me And you know it does You know it At least it's coming into a scene with energy Instead of Diana Jenkins popping in front of the red light And it being like this <laughs> That's when I'm like, we need her to get out We need her to leave Leave. Right now. Leave. That's what I say in my heart. Leave. I don't want her in the scene. Don't want her in the scene. Sutton also shows up. And I don't think we've discussed this on the show before, but we have to talk about how Sutton calls Kyle. Call. 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 It's like she says, call. And she's like, Sutton sees that her place card is next to Diana Jenkins, and she's like, call. Call. And I'm like, her name is Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> said, so, call, 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 you're sitting, call, call, and it's just call, K-O-L-W, or K-O-W-L, how did I spell it? I can't spell today. Uh, Kyle did it on purpose, though, obviously she's producing, Kyle's always behind the cameras, you know, the puppet master trying to get everyone to who doesn't like each other sit next to each other and then popping out of it. I wish Bamboozle Jane was there because I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis, she's taken on Michael Myers. She can certainly take on Bamboozle Jane, and we need someone to come in and do that. I feel like JLC would have done that. JLC didn't really get in the mix, and I feel like there was nothing to really get in the mix about, right? There was the Diana Sutton stuff, but that's boring. Jamie Lee Curtis knew that was boring. Jamie Lee Curtis is a star. She knows a good script when she sees one. She knows a good storyline. She knew that was not a good storyline. So I bet if Bamboozle Jane was in this scene, Jamie Lee Curtis would have been like, what's the lawyer situation? Where's your divorce stand with Tommy Two What's this happening? Who's that? And what's this lawsuit about? She would have gotten the answers for us. She's taken on Michael Myers. Now she could take on Bamboozle Jane. But instead, unfortunately, Bamboozle Jane got the COVID. So she couldn't make it. And so hopefully, luckily, she felt better later on. Uh, but I was upset. I was upset about it because I wanted Jamie Lee to do something with it. Uh, the only thing that Jamie Lee Curtis did do was have like a QVC-esque promo with her stuff. And I'll tell you, I never... Wait, did we mention about how Diana had to exfoliate after lunch with Sutton? What the fuck? What was that? <laughs> what was that about? What was that about? She said she had to exfoliate. Everything Diana says, I'm like, What? Uh okay, so Jamie Lee Curtis did this sort of QVCS promo where she's showing all the all the merch she had for her charity line. And she's showing it and I was never I've never laughed that hard when Dorit was like getting so excited by everything. So Jamie Lee Curtis would be like, these are the tumblers. It keeps things hot and it keeps things cold. And Dorit would be like, Amazing! Oh my god, this is the cheekest wind chime I've ever seen. A dog leash! A dog leash! Oh, that is so chic! Yay! And then Jamie Lee Curtis would be like, This is a candle. This is a hat. That is a really chic candle. That hat That hat is so chic. <laughs> she was like clapping like a circus monkey. She was so excited over the fucking tumbler. The tumbler with the logo on it, it was like Dorit, I know you're a designer gal. And I'm glad she was kissing Jamie Lee Curtis's ass because everyone should kiss Jamie Lee Curtis's ass. She's a Hollywood icon daughter of janet lee i mean she's a hollywood royalty so i'm happy that dorit had some respect those rest of those gals could have learned something from dorit i didn't see no one else clapping for the fucking tumblr except for dorit and they were all making fun of dorit they were all looking at her side i was like the rest of you need to step up your game dorit is putting on a show because she knows she's in the presence of royalty so at least dorit is showing some respect that's the cheekiest tumbler I've ever seen! And, you know, it's like, that's what you should do. With Jamie Lee Curtis is showing you a, a, a merch tumbler. okay? The rest of them need to match, match her energy. Match it. I liked it. And then JLC just left. She just left before anything else happened. She just got her promo in. She was ready for them to debut the trailer in the week that this aired. And then she got out of there. She got out of Kyle's house and left. And I was upset. I would have liked her to stick around the whole episode. Would have liked her to go to Diana's party. Would like her to get a diamond. They're giving everyone else a diamond these days. I mean, Diana Jenkins got a diamond. It seems like everyone's getting a diamond. Kathy was finally back this week. And so I felt like Jamie Lee Curtis should have gotten a diamond. Can we give her one? I don't know. Let's get the producers on on board. Give her someone else's diamond. Some of these women aren't working for it. Okay, so we need to give out the diamonds. Um, you guys, we should take a quick break here and we'll come back. We have so much more to talk about. We barely got to this episode. So much more. Uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And thank you to ACAS. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And we're back, okay, so after Jamie Lee Curtis was doing all the Tumblr work and like showing off her merch, then it was revealed that Diana Jenkins gave twenty five thousand she matched what Kyle was giving to the Kyle and j l c fund. she matched it and gave twenty five thousand. And then JLC left and I thought it was so interesting because 25,000 is a lot to donate and I got to give it up to room 23's Diana Jenkins for donating 25,000 to this nice children's charity. I thought that was a great gesture. However, I don't like that it throws off the dynamics because now. Splits Richards got to suck up to Diana Jenkins as she's already been sucking up to her. And that's already been a problem on this whole season is like they're all siding with Diana Jenkins. And I've told you that it's because of the money because Diana, they all think she's got more money than Sutton. So, of course, they're going to side with her. They side with the money. And so now that Diana has given out 25K willy nilly, just thrown out 25K to whoever wants it now all of them are going to start siding with Diana Jenkins even more than they were before, and that's a problem for me. And they're going to want to keep her on the show because, of course, you want to, if I had a charity or anything, I would, of course, want to keep around whoever gave twenty five k. And how can you criticize someone? Going forward, it's not nice. If somebody had just given me $25,000, I can't even fault Kyle for it because if I had a charity – uh, I love the Brain and Behavioral Foundation. If one of the listeners out there wanted to give 25000 I would have to love the listener forever and ever and ever. I couldn't say a bad word about them. And so imagine Kyle's on this cast, calls on this cast with Diana Jenkins, give twenty five k to her charity. There's no way she could criticize, and that's an issue for me. So although I'm thrilled, the charity needs it more than our entertainment needs it. However, it does throw off the cast dynamics, and I'm concerned about that going forward, very concerned about that. Uh, We do have a scene where Cherie and Sutton, uh, they talk. Cherie is seemingly siding with uh, Diana Jenkins as well, because I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Kyle and Crystal then talk about Crystal's eating disorder, because Crystal had posted on her social media about how tough the holidays are for that. They were talking about Kyle had already revealed on this show that she had her own issues with eating, and Kyle asked about throwing up. Kyle had opened up about it before. Crystal says she's obsesses. She would never order pasta at a restaurant. She envies people who could just eat. Crystal's scared about passing the eating disorder to the kids, and that's tough. I always think about like when I was growing up, and I have my own food and body image issues and stuff like that. And I mean, it's a whole uh, that that would be a whole podcast to do. But I remember growing up, and it's like I grew up in the '90s where it was like all that snack well shit, and I felt like my mom was always dieting, and so like I learned about dieting at a very young age and I felt like that fucked me up in the head because I had been overweight when I was in like fourth to sixth grade that was when I was very overweight as a kid just it was like two years and I remember during that time I had to go on like this big diet and I had to learn about diets but I didn't learn about it in a healthy way I never learned about nutrition I learned about like eating rice cakes and snack wells and having to like lose quick weight I mean it was like a a fucked up time and so I think parents do pass that down. And I don't blame my parents. I think my mom did her best and she didn't really understand how to like teach a kid how to lose weight. And I think that was part of the era of like, well, this is how you lose weight. You buy the cookies with the green box and you eat a rice cake and then that's it. Instead of learning like a balanced plate of food or something, how to eat. and And I learned crash dieting at a young age. And so then growing up, I always only knew how to crash diet. I knew how to take it too far. Or take it uh, not far enough. It was like there was extremes because that's what I grew up learning. And I think you do have to worry about what you pass on to your kids. Are you teaching them the good habits? Are you teaching them about nutrition and food? Or are you teaching them about crash diets and, and unhealthy ways of coping with your body image and all of that kind of stuff? So I don't know the answers. I don't know the answers. But I'm proud of Crystal for opening up about it because I think it's just so relatable to so many different people. Uh, then we cut to the full group. They're talking about Sutton and Diana's lunch. I'm so sick of this. Ugh. I'm so sick of it. I don't even care. Sutton took 95% of the blame. And I don't even think she wanted to take the blame. I don't think she should have taken the blame. It was also stupid. <laughs> then we cut to Rinna at home with her beard hair. Uh, that's when Bamboozle Jane calls her. And it's revealed that Room 23's Diana Jenkins is doing a Christmas party. And that's when they have that conversation we played at the beginning of the episode where it was like they were talking about the legal situation. And they ended it with like Erica Jane saying, what else is there? What else is there? And then is just like, there's not much. And then they both cackled. They were like,
0: <laughs> bitch.
1: <laughs> uh, but Erica Jane was on the cover of Los Angeles Magazine with Tommy Two-Tones. It was a picture of them. And the big insult, Erica, and I don't, I remember reading this, but I don't remember any of the specifics, but Bamboozle Jane said the big thing that they kept doing in it was calling her ambitious, which they were using as like an insult, which I don't think we should use that as an insult. I don't like that. I agreed with Bamboozle Jane in this one. It's like just, and I don't remember it. So maybe I, I do actually believe that Bamboozle Jane was mischaracterizing the whole our magazine piece. However, uh, I don't think that that should be an insult. I don't know. I agreed with her there. That's the only thing, by the way. That's the only thing. Tom uh Tom Tutone's called, though, when she found out she had COVID. Oh, by the way, I don't think we ever talked about this. So here's like this weird full circle moment with everything iconic. So do you remember like a few episodes back when Sutton and Diana were fighting about some nonsense? And Sutton said, oh, that I got your number. of uh, uh, 8675309 oh, or whatever that song is. I think I'm mixing up the numbers. Anyway, apparently that song is by a band or an artist, Tommy Two Tones. And so it all comes back to everything. I kind of comes back to Tommy Two Tones. Tommy, can you hear me? It comes back to Tommy Two Tones, which a lot of people ask. They're like, why do you call him Tommy Two Tones? And it's like, I have no idea. <laughs> it just came out one day. But then Sutton was doing the song by Tommy Two Tones. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Okay, so Tom called Bamboozle Jane when he found out that she had COVID. And she says sometimes he doesn't know who he is. Sometimes she answers. He sometimes knows who she is. Sometimes doesn't. I don't know. Then we cut to Diana Jenkins with her husband, Constantine Morales, and Zoe and Claire, who were the party planners for this Christmas party. Now, Constantine Morales, her husband, aka Asher, is running all the things. And he, I get a weird feeling from him, and I'm not just saying that because sometimes he looks a little bit like Lisa Rinna. I mean, later in the episode, he's wearing that suit, and Rena was like, "Ooh, I like that," and he's like, "Yeah, I like it too." And they were like going to share it, <laughs> like they were going to go shopping together, which I I support that. You know, if Asher wants to go shopping with Lisa Rinna, I think God bless. I'm just saying, it was like they were. He was wearing something where it was like, "Oh yeah, Rena would wear that outfit." And then right as I was thinking it. Rinna went up to him and was like, oh, can I borrow that? And it was like, they had shared this moment. But I get a weird feeling otherwise from him. And just, I don't like when these husbands want to be involved. And I feel that way on the other one, Dubai Housewives, with, uh what's her name, Caroline's husband. It's like, why is he in every scene? It's weird. This is a show about the women. And you're I feel like the men are very, get pushy, and they try to push themselves in front of the camera. And that's just sketchy to me. I would never want that. I, and I'm glad I'm with the person. Matt won't even be on this little podcast. He will not even join me on Everything Iconic. Sometimes you guys ask, when's Matt going to come on the pod? He's not interested. He likes doesn't want to be involved in any of it. He doesn't even listen to the show. He just doesn't want anyone to know who he is or look at his way or anything. He's very shy. And I like that. And when I see these men on these housewives, when they're trying to get in the mix and trying to get on the camera and they're trying to plan the parties and everything, it's like I get a weird vibe from that man. And I'm not sure what. I obviously get weird vibes from Diana Jenkins as well. Uh, but when I see the husband trying to plan the party, I don't know. I feel like this. It's like I feel like Asher's going to like slink into the scene with that music playing in the red suit. The red power suit. Oh, anyway, what else happened? Oh. Uh, I do want to say that I like Beverly Hills Housewives at Christmas, but I I'm starting to feel like we need to flip a little bit. Like, remember back in the day, Jersey used to be filmed at Christmas time, and then I think like Beverly Hills used to be filmed at summertime, and then they kind of flipped, and I'd like them to flip back. I'm sort of tired of Jersey at summer. I'm tired of the Jersey Shore. And oh, by the way, Jersey's going to Ireland. They're in Ireland now, so they're finally going on a big international trip. I cannot wait. So excited. Uh, and I love Jersey. I just am ready for Jersey. I want to see the Christmas time in Jersey again. Like, I miss that kind of seeing the snow and... And Teresa throwing out her sister-in-law's sprinkle cookies and like, I want that vibe back on Jersey. And I kind of feel like I'd like the summer vibe back on Beverly Hills. Like I want to see them kind of like sweaty in the scenes and like, I, I don't know. I'm like ready to see a little shift. I'm ready to see a seasonal shift here. Uh, but th- I don't know how we get that going. I don't know how that happens, but we need to kind of flip up the seasons. Uh, Kathy Hilton, we finally see Kathy Hilton again. Finally, it's been, what, nine, ten episodes, and her house was on Architectural Digest. If you haven't seen it, she filmed during the holiday season. It's a it's a ride. It's a wild ride. Kathy Hilton's house is the holiday season. Go to YouTube, Architectural Digest YouTube. It's fantastic. Uh, Kathy's got Paula though, who Paula used to be known as the lady. Remember Kathy used to call this woman the lady and she didn't know her name. And so then remember everyone kind of like got mad at Kathy because they were like, Oh, you don't know this person who's obviously worked for you for a long time. You don't even know her name. Like that's fucked up. And so now in this season, Kathy shows up her very first scene. She's like saying, Paula, this Paula, that Paula, this, hey, Paula, (laughs) hey, Paula which was a great show on Bravo that should have been renewed for 100 seasons, but only lasted one. That's not the point. The point is, Kathy kept saying, oh, this is Paula. Hey, Paula, come here, Paula, bring us the butter and the caviar. Paula, do this. Paula, do that. And it was like, oh, that was so interesting, because everyone shaded Kathy for not knowing this woman's name. She just called her the lady. And I love this house. I love Kyle showed up in a very cozy sweater. And Kath says that Kyle's hard to get a hold of, but then Kath doesn't even have a phone. She lost it. And, oh, you guys get this. This was so good. This was so juicy. Kathy blocked Kyle. (laughs) She blocked Kyle. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. She just blocked her. Her phone, she blocked her. She decided, I don't want to talk to my sister Kyle, the Splits Richards, anymore. So I'm going to block her. And so Kyle, she even in the scene goes to call Kathy and it goes right to voicemail. It's like, that only happens if you block the number. So what happened that they blocked the number? Obviously, these two sisters hate each other. And I can't wait to see that dynamic play out. We know that some stuff happens at the end of the season. We saw in the season-long trailer that like Rina sits them both down and then – Reveals something about Kathy and then there's all these rumors about Kathy and Aspen and so that we know stuff that happened with Kyle and so I cannot wait to see it all play out and we needed Kathy to spice up this season because it's been a snooze fest it's been a snooze fest Diana wasn't a good addition nothing's going on everything's happened off camera they're all getting COVID and so Kathy's here to save us and I predict I predict we're not going to like Kathy by the end of the season so as happy as I am to see her I think by the end of the season we're going to be saying leave get out Leave. I feel like that's what we're going to be saying. And I don't I could be wrong. And I've always loved Kathy up until now. We love our hunky dory Kath Hilton, our quirky Kath. But I think by the end of the season, we're all going to turn in Kath. And I'm just predicting that because the things that I've heard in the blogs, and then I just feel like it's her sophomore season. She was so well liked. So I think the women are also out to get her a little bit too. Because they don't like it. She was a fan favorite last season. They're not, these women are not gonna take fondly to that. So they're gonna try to take her down. They're gonna try to take her down. And I think it might work. And then I think she's gonna have a redemption season. So I think by the end of the season, we're gonna hate Gav. And then, of course, Bravo likes to put us on that roller coaster. So then I think next season that she's gonna come back swinging again and we're gonna like her. That's my prediction. Uh, anyway, Kathy serves Kyle – this is some rich, rich shit, a rich shit thing. Kathy serves him a baked potato. Now, I've had plenty of dinners that have just been a baked potato. So this is not the wealthy part of it. The wealthy part of it is that she served a baked potato – because actually, when I have a baked potato, it's like when you don't have much food for the week or whatever <laughs> – like you're trying to decide what to do for dinner and you're like looking in the fridge or you're looking through your pantry and you're like, what do I got? I got one baked potato, a stick of butter and some cheddar cheese, right? Like or a, a little Velveeta. So what can I do with that? And you think, okay, I'll make myself baked potato. You know, you'll have a glass of wine with it and you have yourself a baked potato and some wine. That's your dinner. Right. You don't want to order takeout. It's a, it's a Thursday night. You're trying to wait until Friday to order the takeout. You're trying to wait till the weekend to order the takeout. So you decide, okay, I'm just going to have that baked potato. So that's actually, I think a thrifty thing to do, but it's not thrifty when you're loading it up with so much fucking caviar. I mean, she buttered the baked potato. They all had their own caviar spoon and Kyle even was confused. She was, here was the thing that was so interesting to me though. Kyle was like, what? You're just serving this as the entree and Kyle was acting crazy in the scene. Go back and rewatch it. Kyle was, like, acting nutty, and that's because she knows that this made her look unrelatable. Okay, here's where the fucked up Kyle child actor comes in because Kyle is aware of the camera and she's aware of the audience at all times. So Kyle was like noticing like, oh fuck, this makes us look so unrelatable that my sister in this really rich house is serving a baked potato, paid, baked potato. Why do I want to say baked potato? <laughs> Kyle serving a baked potato. And she's serving it with all this caviar. And so Kyle knew that that made her look unrelatable. So she was doing all these like weird faces and she was doing all these like laughter. She's like, what are you doing, Kathy? Is this the entree? (laughs) And she was like doing a fake laugh and like acting really nuts. And that was because she has had a baked potato with caviar. Don't get it twisted. She's married to Maurice. Maurice got agencies all across the country, all across the world. She's got, they got the agencies. They're rich. They're rich. They're stealing houses left and right. She stole Kim's goddamn house, and uh, she's got a bunch of houses on her own, and they're selling a bunch of houses with the agency. So they're rich as fuck. So you know Kyle's eating a ton of baked potatoes with a whole shitload of caviar on top. But she also knows that you can't do this on a reality show, because then the whole audience is going to be like, oh, we thought we related to this woman, and now she's just sitting there eating on this caviar and a big potato. So it was like all these weird Disney Channel faces and like weird laughter, and that's when Kyle loses me. I was like, like, oh, that's fucking nuts. So then speaking of fucking nuts, Kath also says she's so overwhelmed by wrapping gifts and her fingers hurt from wrapping. And then she says, uh, and I quote, someone peed on my sofa the other night. Sit tight, little bear. We need to talk about this for 45 minutes. Who was in Kathy Hilton's house and just peed on the couch? Peed on the sofa. And Kyle asked, she's like, oh, was it an animal? And Kathy's like, no. But then we get no other information. What the fuck? Why didn't somebody step in and say, who peed on your sofa? Why didn't one of the producers ask Kathy in a confessional, who peed on your sofa? Why did we get no other information about who peed on Kathy Hilton's sofa? Can we look into this? Can we get some legal team on this? I need someone to look into who peed on Kathy Hilton's sofa. Somebody peed on it, and I will not rest until I find out, was it one of Paris's friends? Was it Rick? Oh, Did Rick just show up one night? He was drunk as a skunk from the country club and just showed up and started pissing all over the couch? Who was it? Vicky Gunvalson. She's been known to piss in her pants a time or two on the bed uh, when she's visiting Andalus and whooping it up. Was it her? Was she at Kathy Hilton's house and she pee on the sofa? Who peed on Kathy Hilton's sofa? Who did it? If you're out there listening, I need to know. If you have any answers, you need to DM me. You need to send me an email. You need to let me know. And I'm going to go to bravotv.com for more information. They better have some more information there. Bravo always is telling us to go to bravotv.com for more info. That's the info I want at bravotv.com. You hear me, Bravo? You need to let me know. Somebody tell me who is pissing on Kathy's sofa. Somebody, anybody. Was it Bamboozled Jane? She's been getting drunk. I could picture that Bamboozled Jane showing up at Kathy's house in the middle of the night and pissing on the sofa. Remember, she wanted Garcelle to pee on the new girl. Go pee on the new girl. So maybe uh, Erica Jane just showed up at Kathy's house and like, I got to take a piss and then like left. <laughs> Could you imagine just Paul lets in a drunk bamboozle Jane, then bamboozle Jane just pisses and she's like, I gotta go. And then she like runs out. Like that's in my head, that's what happened. So I'm going to need more answers to clear that up. Otherwise, I'm going to assume that that's exactly what happened. Bamboozle Jane and Mikey Minden had a night out in West Hollywood, had a a couple too many drinks and some poppers, and they showed up at Kathy Hilton's house and just started pissing on sofas and then left. Like a prank. Couldn't you imagine, like, they're out at one of the WeHo bars, you know, one of the gay bars in West Hollywood, Bamboozle Jane and Mikey Minnan. They're like, what should we do next? And then they're like, oh, let's go prank Kathy. And then they go to Kathy's house and they piss on the sofa and they leave. You know, Rick lets him in. Kathy's probably asleep or maybe Kathy was out of town or at Paris's house doing something. And so Rick lets him in and Bamboozle Jane just sort of sneaks in, you know, she saunters in in one of Mikey Minden's get-ups that he designed for her. And she just goes to the bathroom, takes a, takes a number one and then leaves. That's what I picture happening. So I'm going to need answers. I'm going to need someone to let me know. Uh, speaking of Mikey Minden, we do see him doing gay magic on Erica. He says, I'm going to do gay magic. And she makes him get a drink. Mikey my name is like, do you want a drink? And she's like, yeah, I've had one too many drinks before, and I might have too many tonight. Ah, you know, she's like getting excited to drink again. And I thought she would stop drinking on camera, but it seems like she's not letting up. And I s- actually, I support it for our entertainment, but it seems very problematic you know and it reminds me of the real houses in new york like you know how we watch Roni, and we're like oh this is so fun that they get this drunk but then also if you step like take one step back it's very problematic cuz you're like oh they shouldn't be drinking anymore you know <laughs> and like oh i love sonia drunk but like maybe this is a problem like that's kind of how i feel like we're at with bamboozle jay and like oh it's kind of funny to watch but then if i take like one little step back i'm like maybe this is a problem so it's definitely a problem but I'm going to keep watching it. Uh, then we cut to Diana's house. Diana is dressed. Okay. Okay. Wow. We got to talk about what Diana, room 23's Diana Jenkins is wearing at her Christmas party. Because the only way that I know how to describe it is so it was like this black, sparkly thing that showed no skin. The only way that I could describe it is you know, the movie Sister Act. It had a sequel called Sister Act Two Back in the Habit, one of the great movies of our time. Of course, uh, it starred Lauren Hill, Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, and of course our nuns, Kathy Najimi, Whoopi Goldberg, the whole nine, the whole crew, whole crew is back together again. Nothing better. Now that movie, the sequel opens with, uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character, Dolores Van Cartier, also known as Sister Mary Clarence. Uh, she went undercover in the first movie as Sister Mary Clarence. She got a affinity to the nuns. And in the opening of the second movie, the nuns go and visit her in Vegas. So now Dolores Van Cartier is headlining in Vegas. She's headlined in one of the casinos, doing this big show where she's performed this medley of hits. And in the medley of hits, she does an homage to her time undercover as Sister Mary Clarence. Okay. Are you with me? Now, <laughs> this is a journey. This is a journey, so I hope you're with me. Those of you who have not seen these movies, obviously you're in the wrong place, because I feel like everything Iconic listeners have seen both the Sister Act movies countless times. But if you haven't, you need to go do it. So anyway, she does this medley in Vegas. Uh, Whippy Goldberg's character, Dolores Van Cartier, as Sister Mary Clarence, does a nun medley where she's wearing a sparkling habit – Okay, are you with me? Where it's a sparkly habit and she performs uh, I Will Follow Him, I believe. And this is in part two. And then she gets off stage, she greets the nuns, and the nuns bring her back, and she, they're like, you gotta come help us at the school, because we need a teacher, our school's about to close down, then they go to the All State Music Competition 1993, they perform medley hits, and they end up winning, and keeping the school open, they win the trophy, and Lauren Hill and her mom, uh, who her mom had told her she shouldn't sing, she said she're always gonna be singing your shoulda, coulda, Woulda"s. and ultimately the mom, played by Cheryl Lee Ralph, ends up supporting the daughter Lauren Hill, and says, oh, I didn't know you could sing, baby, and then they uh, develop a a nice relationship at the end. The school goes on to fame and fortune and glory and that's where we're at at the end of Sister Act 2. Now, Back on the real house of Beverly Hills, room 23 Three's Diana Jenkins is dressed like Dolores Van Cartier in that sparkly habit. And I swear to you, I thought she like might have gotten the costume from Whoopi Goldberg. Now we know she knows a lot of these celebrities. Like we've seen footage of her like photographed with Elton John and all that stuff. And she's really rich. So I was thinking like maybe she called up Whoopi Goldberg and was like, Hey, can I get that habit? And she just like took off the top part of the habit, like the white top part of the habit and then put on the sparkly part of the habit from Sister Act 2 opening. That's what I think it was. That's what I think happened. Anyway, that's what you stress stressed like. That was a real wild journey, wasn't it? (laughs) I'm sorry. You guys, you turn into Everything Iconic, you're going to get a full uh, description of the movie Sister Act 2. That's what you get when you turn into this podcast. So take it or leave it. Get on the train or get off. Choo-choo, baby. Choo-choo. <laughs> uh, what else is happening they're all, half of them are uh, showing up half of them are not because they got COVID uh, they're all sparkling though Crystal shows up wearing green and a short skirt I loved it and her kids thought she was the Grinch I love the Grinch and the kids get addicted to that Grinch my niece and nephew when I was visiting home I was home during the springtime and it was like they're obsessed with that cartoon Grinch the one with Benedict Cumberbatch which I think, I mean, all of the Grinches are very odd. They're all the choices with the Grinch. I'm like, what is this choice? I mean, of course, you guys know how I feel about the Jim Carrey live action Grinch. Totally unhinged. Totally unhinged. And then they did another one, computer animated. And I think they need to leave the Grinch alone because the original Grinch is still the best. The original cartoon is the only one that matters. And yet they still just keep on making them. And I know they're going to keep on making them. Uh, anyway, uh Crystal and Erica Jane start talking about the. This was so weird, you guys. So Bambooza Jane was, like, drunk a little bit or tipsy. And she's asking Crystal all about this stuff, about her eating disorder. And it's very weird. And Garcelle was there, too. And Erica said, like, I always I always think to take laxatives and get rid of it. Because she was asking, like, Crystal, do you throw up? And Crystal's like, yeah. And she's like, well, I think you should just take laxatives. Like, she said something sort of like that. Not exactly. But Garcelle was like, wow. But then also I was like, Garcelle, why don't you call it out in the moment? Like sometimes Garcelle bothers me because she like won't call out something in her confessional. She'll say, "I can't believe Erica was saying that and doing that in the scene." And then in the scene, she's not saying anything to Erica. And I'm like, "Garcelle, you should have said something because it was weird." And maybe she will next week. Obviously, it ends. And so Erica was asking, "Like, have you sought treatment?" And then it ends with like Crystal. And some cater waiter coming around and saying, do you want a chicken finger? And Erica Jane's like, you can't have this. It's a chicken tender. You know, she's like taunting Crystal. And Crystal's like, what the fuck? And meanwhile, she's wearing the Cruella DeVille coat. It was like, <laughs> she's just gone full villain. Bamboozled Jane. You can't have this chicken finger. Ah! You know, and she's just taunting her. And then it ends with To Be Continued. And then there's an eating disorder disclaimer. I mean, I felt so much whiplash by the end of that. Wasn't that the craziest fucking end of an episode? Where it was just, we're at this Christmas party, they're all dressed like the Grinch, and then we're talking about eating disorder, and then Erica Jane's running around like Glenn Close in 101 Dalmatians movie, and just like, you can't have this chicken finger, ah! And then to be continued, if you have a problem with eating, call this number. It was like, what the fuck? Like, it was all so nuts. And Rena's always doing that thing where she's like explaining how Diana's rich. And it's like, okay, we get that Diana Jenkins is rich. And every time Rinna is in the scene with Diana Jenkins, she's like, she's rich, honey. She's rich. This is a rich party. I don't know if you know this, but this is a lot of cash. She spent a lot of cash on this party. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like, she spent a lot of cash on the party. I get it. I get it. But she's also wearing an old costume, Sister Act too. okay? So it, it wasn't like she, I don't know. I don't know. Rena's annoying me this week. I'm sorry. Uh, also, Neurobliss drinks. So that's Diana's drink line, I guess, which was sort of featured in this episode, but then we don't really get any information about the Neurobliss drinks. And I've had these Neurobliss drinks because they sell them at the grocery stores here. And I had, they're like, each one says something like rest, relaxation, or stress. And you you're it's supposed to help you. And I think it's, I don't know, they tasted good, but that's hers, right? Am I mixing that up? That's her drink line. I don't know. I think now with these housewives, they come on the show and they don't want to talk too much about their brands because they don't want Bravo to own it. But then it's like we get this weird in between where their, their products are there, but they're not explaining that they own the products. And so we just think they do, but they, it's weird. It's like a weird thing. And I think that's because they don't want to give up a percentage of their gross products or of their proceeds or whatever. Anyway, did we go over everything? Did we talk about Diana's son too? Erica tried to foot the sun for a minute. I think <laughs> she's like, "How old are you?" And he's like, "I'm 22." Okay, I'm 22. Cool it. And he was there with the girlfriend. You need to cool it. Um, but that's the end of the episode. A big, a big woo. My last word in this, uh, in my um, notes is just woo, woo, because it was big woo. That's the episode, you guys. This season we're on. Uh, I think we're about halfway through. Halfway through now. And so it's, uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, but it's a big woo. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. Shall we do our cheesy little cool down? Let's take a deep breath in and hold it. (sighs) Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Thank you all for listening. Again, I want to remind you to check out that interview with Jenny Slate. One of my favorites that I've done. If you're a fan of her work or a fan of her uh, comedy or movies, check it out. It's really good. It's also on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. I got some other great interviews coming up. The schedule's sort of shifting as we go, but I have some good people lined up. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. I love you. Stay safe and we'll talk We'll talk later this week. We got to, or we'll talk next week, actually. We got to recap the final episode of Ultimate Girls Trip. I think it's the final episode. Maybe there's two more. Is there one more or two more? Who knows? Unclear. Love you all. Bye bye.